Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of Play the Bay is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, play the bay. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannons. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Good evening, Lightning Faithful. This is your man, Chip, with Play the Bay, hosted by three daughters and Bet Online AG. I need to get to my lovely co-host I got here. I got Kaylee. I got L. Bushman. Guys, we got the Lightning tonight. Massive game. I'm on tilt. I'm so excited. I can't get a sentence out. You guys, please talk. What are we thinking? <laughs> Congratulations on doing a great intro. Everybody. I love that. It was great. I, I, yeah. loved every minute. I loved every minute of it, man. Mm-hmm. So Good what do we you. got? I mean, tell me. I know, Evan, you got your <clears throat> shirt on. You you know, you're ready. We're going to do some Rays talk. First, we're going to go lightning, though, because we got game five. Rays can, or wow, Rays. Lightning can close it down. <clears throat> what do we need to do? Yeah, you want to do this one? Or you want me to go in? Or? You go ahead. Okay. Go. Run. They, you got yeah. it. They they find themselves in a a familiar spot because they've they've been in this type of situation before. Game six. Now I know you said game five, Chippy. Yes. It would last Sorry. five. It's okay. We Sorry. all thought it was going to be closed out, but then you know things happen. I did. And whatnot. So, um, it's this this is it. I mean, well, it's not this is it, but I mean, this is a must win situation. I mean, obviously, you know, you would love to have closed it out a couple of games ago, but I, it's. This is again again another game that's going to be chippy as hell. These these guys are going to be scrumming it up, and I think one of the things that they really need to really kind of be cautious about is the is the is the penalties that happened in in game four or game five. I'm sorry. Now, yeah. obviously, you know a few of those penalties questionable a at best. Tacky, yeah, a little ticky tacky, questionable yeah. at best. But it's you, you got to go into this thinking we've got to play a clean game. Let them make the penalties. Let them be. Let them be in the penalty box for as many minutes as they can, and let's play clean hockey and let's score and let's get out of here and let's move to the next round. Because on, I mean, you can force a game seven, and we've seen this before. You know, I hate that. Let's not do that. Well, no, but you know, I may have predicted a an outsting first round a couple months ago, and that's yeah. on tape, and that's something that. I'm kind of nervous about is could we be out the first round? And and I, hopefully that's not the case, but you know, if they keep playing like they had the past couple of games where it's, it's, it might be a, even though it's a short drive, but it might be a long drive back to, you know, 
Tampa if they don't win this game. So I, <laughs> I, I hate short and long drives. You know, it's just <laughs> never, it's, never sunrise, a good. Sunrise thing. isn't too far away, but when you lose a game <laughs> or lose a, you know, a deciding game in a series, I mean, that's you know, it's eh, that 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 two two three hour road trip could be like a five six hour road trip because when you think about it, so I, I would know. agree, totally yeah, you, agree. Well, Kaylee, gotta, what do you think? Or Evan, go ahead. I was gonna say you got to come out fast, you got to come out strong, and you got to get a good lead going on with this team. Yeah, Kaylee, it seems like the Lightning have lost a little bit of punch. The first mm-hmm. couple of games they got out really fast, and now you have some guys coming mm-hmm. back from uh, being injured, not being conditioned maybe enough. Do you think the energy might be a problem for them moving forward and in this game? Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we talked about last week, right, is is Miami comes up – sorry, Miami, Florida, Florida <laughs> – comes out with so much momentum and so much speed and so much physicality that if you don't match that right up top, you really are just giving away a ton of momentum to start. And that was one of the keys we mentioned last week was just saying how how do you keep that up and how do you match it game in and game out? And I see this going to seven. That's my prediction. But yeah, I mean, how do you play physical but play clean? How do you limit the penalties? How do you do kind of what you were able to do in those first couple games. And it just seems like Florida's outperforming them in that category. I mean, even when they were able to kind of secure a win mid-series, they still didn't look as dynamic as they did when they started. So I I do think that it's a concern. And it's not just a concern for this series, but if they do make it past the series, this is the first series of the playoffs. (laughs) Like It's very early in this process. There's a lot of good defenses. There's a lot of quick teams that have that physicality coming up to look forward to. So it's, it doesn't end here. And the fact that this is such a hard fought battle every single time these teams match up, it's not a great sign heading into the rest of the playoffs that it could burn them out a little bit sooner than they would probably like at this point. I yeah. said seven, I said seven, in the beginning of this series. I so said five. I know I you think did. that's what I said. And that's a, you know, that's a reasonable answer, but they had 37 shots on goal on game five. I think the second most of this series and, there weren't there weren't too many like high high danger chances to to, to create something. You know, thirty seven shots is it's a high amount, but you're not you're not you're not putting it in the net, and that, and that's something that they they've been having a problem with, like a challenge with. It's like we've got the guys that we want back. I mean, Cooch is back, you know, Stamkos is back. It's just they're not getting the puck in the net. And well, power plays have been really good. I think yeah, they've the power scored on every power play that has been that's been handed to them or, or close to it. So I don't know. I mean, I think that we'll see them come out in that initial burst where they, they outshoot the Panthers and they, they go in like an eight to 10, you know, shot fest. And then all of a sudden the transition into the game is that, you know, the shots stop coming and, you know, you kind of just see kind of a tail off. Uh, and then like Kaylee mentioned their speed. I mean, what Florida does is they really do, penetrate and get back and, and and make it tough for the lightning to uh you know to stop those breakaways so but evan you already mentioned it earlier and i'm gonna hit on it again those penalties the stupid penalties yep. the i mean you can't you can't give a team uh, a two-minute minor for whatever the you know uh violation is and give them momentum to get back in the game be short-handed vasileski's had a good series but I mean, the longer we get into this, the more shots are taking a toll. And, I mean, it just keeps going and going. So, I think the Lightning are a little bit tired. Some of the key players haven't been conditioned. Uh, I hope Kalorn has another great night. Uh, he's been doing really well this series. But, 
Uh, Kucherov obviously has been great too. Great to have him back. So we'll see. But yeah, I do not like if we don't close it down here. I really don't like um, you know having to go to seven games. I I don't want another first round knockout like uh, what happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I I'm not not excited uh, no. if they don't take care of business tonight. And it seems like every game there's been a lightning rod or something happens uh, to to get the spark and to get going. Uh, so I hope that happens tonight, either a, a, a fight or a, a quick goal or something, something to continue to propel the lightning through the game, uh, and hopefully they close it down tonight. So I think one's that one thing they also need to do is you know the the forwards need to come back and help the defensive men as fast as yep. possible. We saw a lot of that. Well, we didn't see a lot of that in Game Five. We saw a lot of standing around after the puck was shot, and and Florida came back down with a puck like the. That the forwards have to help defensive guys going back into the back because if you're not, you're screwed. And that's what we saw the past couple of games. We saw that in game five the most. So, yeah, it's you. You hit the nail right on the head, Chip. Like there's been, they look like they're look. They look tired. They look like they're gassed. And yep. you, you can't. You gotta. You gotta come out strong in game six. You have to do it. That way you get the lead. Yeah, I mean this series. When we look back at the scoring, and I'm sitting here and I'm just, I'm, I'm. It's unbelievable. Five four Lightning in game one, three one. <clears throat> 6-5 Panthers, 6-2 Lightning, 4-1 Panthers. So, I mean, it's not like <laughs> we're not getting shots on goal and everybody's not scoring. Right. Everybody's doing really well. Um, it's just going to be the team that 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 wants it more, and if the Lightning are going to take a series, they have to close it down tonight. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> I uh, decided to switch it up this week. I'm doing ah. a, a cider. The raspberry lemonade cider from Three Daughters. It's uh that sounds so good. It is. Uh it's it's almost is it the beginning of summer yet? Are we still on the yeah. it's I think well, it okay. We are in Florida, so I think that's important to mention that we're in Florida and it's ninety-eight degrees outside every day. So yeah. yes, that Tyler, is- it is we are a Tampa Bay podcast. Yeah. Hi. Well, hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Ask us us some questions. Where is he watching from? What is that icon? That is from that's Periscope. Yeah, that's Twitter. Oh, Periscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of uh, ciders and uh, not ciders, but the uh, the old seltzers, like Trulies. I've been drinking a lot of because the IPAs have been getting me into some trouble. So Mm. uh, I decided to switch it up, and it's quite refreshing, especially on a hot summer day. Even though I'm inside, I went. I'm not going to mention what I have because it's not through any sponsors, but this would be like the Beach Blonde Ale. Mm, uh, okay. Very yummy, very tasty. Something you take on a nice hot day to the beach. Little towel in hand, flip-flop, shades. Plop on down, cop squat, get yourself a nice cold Beach Blonde Ale by Three Daughters. Yeah, let's just say that is a uh, Beach Blonde Ale, and we'll just uh, keep it at that. Yeah, <laughs> you could always lie. Like that's yeah, you could. You could always lie. No, you, know? you can't lie. You can't do that. Yeah, there you go. See well, Tyler. I mean, nobody knows that you're not drinking a three dollar. Yeah, but Mama you would settled. prefer to be drinking a Beach Blonde a Beach Blonde Ale, but you're not. So it's unfortunate, but you could just lie. Remember, 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 Chip. It's only a lie if you don't believe. it. That's true. I mean, look, I encounter <laughs> people every Cassandra. day. Yeah, I encounter people every day who fully believe the BS that they say out of their mouth. So that's true. You know? I mean, kind of like Stu, kind of like the shirt you're wearing, Evan. Mm. We know that's that like Stu made a little. There you go. It's a great transition. Hey, Stu made a little appearance in news this past week, I guess, for a uh, little. 
maybe making making some moves and kind of doing some things that uh, no one agreed to. What happened? Yeah, so the Rays minority owners, which are I think about ten percent of the owner of the team, have sued Mr. Sternberg, Stewie Sternberg, or Stu Stolenberg. Um, Ooh, basically, basically he's been uh, negotiating the Montreal deal since 2014 behind their backs, not telling anybody negotiating the contracts and everything. Um, so now it's, now it's going to be a lawsuit and now it's probably going to go to court. That's what they want. They want a jury to decide this. Uh, I know Rick Christman, the mayor of St. Pete wants, you know, stew out. He should relinquish day-to-day operations as the owner. And, uh, you know, how far this whole thing will go, we don't know, but it's, it's. I'm I'm actually really surprised because our area media, the Tampa Bay Times, in in general, they usually don't report on this type of stuff. So when yeah. this story came out, it was almost like a shock or surprise that okay, they're actually going to be reporting the story about the owner of this team that you know they give a lot of coverage to is now being sued by minority owners because of his shady deals that he's been doing and not telling anybody. So, yeah. so I I wanted I wanted to get your thoughts and opinions about this. Is it? Do you guys think it's time? If this is if it turns out to be true, that do you think it's time for him to relinquish the team, sell the team to somebody else, or should Emma should Rob Manfred, the stooge that he is, should step in and say, okay, you maybe need to sell the team and get out of this while to save face for yourself. Well, this isn't even just about Montreal and and yeah. deals. This is also about paying yourself more. I I mean, it's fraud, right? It's, it's basically growing your shares while putting tax tax obligations on your minority shareholders, withholding distributions, basically it's straight up fraud, right? So transferring assets into your companies that are different accounts that shouldn't be associated with the team. So there's a lot beyond just Montreal. And, and I think it's like, at this point, if this is true and these allegations are true, that's it it goes way beyond should you be able to own a team it's yeah, our, jail time. why are you not in prison right yep. because that's yeah. those are major fraud allegations and especially if it's over years then i think that is the first and foremost thing and should be a no brainer by mlb to immediately take him out as an owner but then i think that then goes to the sec or whoever is monitoring financial he- fraud I know some of the complaints in the lawsuit where he basically they were saying he was taking the TV money and, and putting it in his pocket, not sharing and distributing it against the uh, the minority owners. This is from mm-hmm. the Fox 13 news story that uh, broke a couple of days ago. Uh, just a blur from them and seeing his shares go from 49 to 85 percent since 2004. The suit, which is filed by five wow. owners, which which own a combined 10 percent. Obviously, that's pennies but still it's 10 percent of the of the of the team says he was secretly paying himself while strategically withholding distributions saddling the limited partners with massive tax obligations pressuring some to some to shell sell shares and transferring all the valuable assets into a new company that he set up himself that's that's well obviously because Stu's background is wall street hmm wall street embezzlement let let's let's not call the kettle black, but I mean, give me come a little Enron for five hundred. Yeah, I mean, Alex. come on, it's major league, major league baseball has to step in. They have to do something about it. it's time. If this guy's continually to screw the team, where they want this team to, to stay in Tampa Bay, they don't want to do this stupid Montreal deal. They don't want to do this at all. It's it's time. Give it up, man. Like it, you've had enough money. In your, this 
this team is valued at, valued at $2 billion. $2 billion. If this team was sold today, it'd be valued at $2 billion. So for all the, the people saying, okay, you know, it, where, where the money goes, it goes into Stu's pocket. It doesn't go to anybody else. That's where all the, the payroll is so low. That way, that's why none of these deals have gone through with the stadiums is because he's just pocketing all the money and just waiting for any kind of thing to happen where he could just sell the, half the season to, to Montreal. This is egregious by an owner. That's why he's a pig. Hashtag Stu sucks. He's a clown. You can pick these t-shirts up. Just go to my Twitter at LBushman uh, to get these t-shirts. <laughs> Wear them to the trap. Bring your signs to the trap that says Stu needs to go. Hashtag Stu needs to go. Hashtag Stu sucks. Um, I, I, I hope all this stuff is true because it's time for him to go and maybe sell it to somebody that can actually care about the team and, and keep the team in the area, either it be St. Pete or in the Tampa Bay area. Well, I know yeah. that if you're negotiating a deal for seven years, you're doing a pretty poor job. So yeah. <laughs> if you're any, <laughs> it's the longest deal in the history that's got no movement, no traction, no nothing. But kind well, of what Kaylee said, there's so much underlying red tape that yeah. if yeah. any of this is true, even within a, you know, uh, a stone's throw of the money and the types of things that we're discussing, the I think the MLB has to take immediate action because you don't want this game is just now starting to crawl out of everything. You're just now getting COVID. You're getting th- people back in the stadium. You're getting some momentum going, and you don't want yep. any other dark clouds over the MLB to impede all the people coming back and, and to kind of get the game going. So, yeah, they have to act. Yeah, and I think this will be interesting to see how it unfolds, not just with the Rays, but he's invested in a lot of different Companies, clearly, that's yeah. what he does. He's an investor. So I'll, I'd be interested to see if this goes beyond sports ownership. But also, I think it'll be interesting to see if he does get outed from the ownership group. What that says about what we believe to be true about the Rays, right? Like the the communication between St. Pete and the team, the communication between Tampa, stadiums. I know that there was a miscommunication. I don't want to say miscommunication, but it was essentially... He wants to do half the season in Montreal, but wants full ownership over the redevelopment area in St. Pete. And they're like, absolutely not, you know, which makes absolutely no sense. If you can't commit to that location and putting your team there, why would you then get to control all of the housing, the businesses, restaurants? Like, why would you own all of that? So I, I would be interested to see if they brought in another majority owner and someone purchased the team for probably well above 2 billion. Cause it's going to be based on what they're going to be worth over the next however many years. Yep. If they can get these deals done in a way that makes a lot more sense. And if he really was the person kind of holding things back or setting a narrative on why things weren't moving in the right direction, <laughs> as opposed to things really being that way. So I, I'd be interested to see how it unfolds. This, I mean, this, this could go back, beyond 2014 i mean this yeah. kind of stems back to where first he wanted the taxpayers to pay half of the cost of the new stadium yep. i think that was the ebor site <clears throat> which he was only going to pony up i think 100 million dollars of a 900 million dollar stadium which you know that's come on man like yeah you 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 got more money in those pockets that we all know that you have so and it, it, to me it's it's the stoogery of of it all. It's like you you are eventually going to piss a people a lot of people off, which you you've done already. You've pissed a ton of people off. People are going to be upset, and I'm glad this is out. I'm just hoping that it there's an end game to this, where it be he sells his shares of the team, or they come to an agreement about okay, where is this team going to end up after the lease with Tropicana Field is going to be over with? Because 2028, you know, granted it is seven years away. It's a little bit of time away. 
but if you're trying to plan a stadium, if you're trying yeah. to build a new site, that's going to take years to do that too. So they need to really lock something down about where the direction of this team is going. Because right, this team is one of the hottest teams right now in Major League Baseball. The past few years, they've been the hot team. They just got done with an 11-game winning streak. Obviously, they lost last night. But this is a team that is exciting to watch. The TV ratings are there. People watch this team more than a lot of the other teams in Major League Baseball. I think they're in the top five when it comes to TV ratings. So it, it just has to come to an end game. We, everybody wants a res- resolution to something because I think as Rays fans and the people that live in St. Pete, especially in the area and the employees of that team, because looking at that Montreal deal, if you split this up, you're you're ousting a lot of people that have jobs that work at that stadium, work yeah. with the team. Like if you split this up, I mean, it's it has to it has to end sometime soon, and it should it has to end now because it, this has gone so far where. It's almost a laughing stock, making the team a laughing stock with you have an owner that's doing behind the the scenes deals and not telling anybody and embezzling money and stuff like that. So it just it makes it makes the great team that they are look like a laughing stock because you have a pig thief of an owner. And I will say that with exclamation points on thief and pig all day long. <laughs> I gotta tell you, there was a time. And I, a friend of mine, there was a time where I, he knew, and we thought, like before the All Star break, there's no way the Rays would get above 500. Like there's no way. I mean, they were they were rough, and you know a lot of things had to get into place. So what do you, what do you think, El Bushman? What's given the Rays the rejuvenation? What, what's what's been the 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 kick in the caboose they've needed when they lost two uh, franchise pitchers? <clears throat> Um, you know, I think coming out of April and, and just hitting <clears throat> hitting the ground running with May, you know, I, I've I've said this before, the team plays better without Kevin Kiermeyer. But, you know, that's that's my opinion right there. But, you know, they've they've gotten they've traded away Susugo, they're bringing up the yeah. young, the younger guys are coming up and now it's getting their footing in, especially in the rotation. Guys yeah. like Taylor Walls who was in the uh, you know, came up this past weekend with the Willie Adames trade. Willie Adames is now over in Milwaukee. Bringing which I two- said was going to be a bad move, and which, I admit it. I didn't think it's okay. Average, he was not above. I don't think he was. Might have been two seventeen or two. Maybe he's one eighty two. I can't remember. He, he was, was in hovering the, yeah. around two hundred. So that trade needed to happen, mm-hmm. like you said, L. Bushman. I'll give you credit for that one, and it did. And so far, I think the Rays have won on that. Yeah, it's well. I think time will tell. Time oh yeah, intermediate but, immediate impact has been good. But yeah, immediate, especially with Taylor Walls, who's come in and hit the ground running at that position at shortstop, and that that's what goes to show you about the young talent that the Rays still have winning in the wins they have. Wander Franco, listen, pump the brakes, Rays fans. He'll probably be up probably later on this year. And then you got Vidal Brujan, you've got Josh Lowe who could fill in the outfield. And let's let's be honest with everybody, there could be another trade looming in the wings. With Kevin Kiermeyer. So don't get too attached and buy $200 jerseys where I see everybody complaining on Facebook groups and Twitter about, oh, I bought a $200 jersey with somebody else's name on the back. That's why if you see my jerseys back there, I have my name on there. If you don't like spending $200 <laughs> on a player that's not going to be there in a couple of years, get your own customized jersey. So I, I think the spark is, you know, it, things are starting to click. And that's what that's what needed to happen. And they've been rolling, man. They've been just playing good, solid baseball. You know, except for last night, of course. But hey, I will say this: well, only Rich, one loss out of ten games. I, I think. Hey, 10 I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking anything back from it. Rich Hill. Did a fa- another fantastic job on the mound last night. Yeah, Dick Mountain coming through once again. <laughs> I, this team is, you know, they're in first place right now, half yeah. game above 
the Boston Red Sox. So let's yeah. let's keep it rolling. I, I wanted to get your guys' feel about what the tie what what turned it for you. I mean, Kaylee, I mean, what turned it for you with the Rays just coming out strong in May? I think, like you said, when you lose people, I'm a big believer in the phrase constraints promote creativity. I think sometimes having too much. I know, right? <laughs> having sometimes having too much, having a lot of different opportunities and different ways to scheme your game can often lead to a little bit of disorganization. And that's how I felt watching them a lot at the beginning of the season is they're trying a lot of different things. They've got a lot of ideas. That's great. But sometimes when you limit that and having people be out or get traded, it really lowers the amount of directions you can go with your scheme, right? So it gives you a lot more, I guess, focus and streamline exactly what you know needs to happen. And that's how I feel about them is they really kind of leaned into the guys that they know they could trust, who know they knew they could go out, do their job. And I think they really kind of limited those trials and those tests of different schemes. And I think it's really paid off and they look a lot more put together. They look like they have an identity. They know what they're going to do. They know who they are. You kind of know what to expect from them. And it's not so much back and forth. Tell you one thing though. Putting that guy named Randy at the leadoff spot was a great move. Yeah, wear that T-shirt with pride, there, uh, Chippy. That dude's guy been, named Randy. That dude's been raking it. Ooh, ever since he got into the leadoff spot, it's such a beautiful thing to watch him just get on base. And he's, I mean, I know hey, he's, he's he set the table. The one and, thing I love, and I never, I can't believe I'm about to say this, dude. Give me the shares of Mike Zanino. I, Give me listen, the power. I, Listen, I apologize. I can apologize, so I'm blue in the face. And the good thing about this is we've now we now have two catchers, two catchers that can hit, which is yeah. phenomenal. Like I, I will take back everything I said about about Mike Zanino. Just hit, hit thirty bombs. Keep doing, keep doing you, boo. Keep doing you. I'm okay. I mean, with- I don't know if he'll get. He never got into thirty his entire career, but I got to tell you, the, it looks like a beach ball coming in right now to him, dude. He's just hitting good. Keep doing what you're doing. I think the number one thing you've seen uh, from the Rays is the hitting is starting to get better. Yeah. Uh, their home runs, I mean, they're doing fantastic. I think they're in the top five uh, in the MLB in total home run. Or excuse me, ninth with 62 um, runs scored. You got 250. They're second. And the team batting average that was around 200 now is at 234. So it's creeping creeping up. And what we saw and, and what both you guys hit on, obviously, uh, starting pitching. You got guys uh, like Rich Hill and, and everybody's starting to get an identity in this rotation. Sugar uh, Shane. Sugar Shane. Josh Fleming. Let's go. <laughs> everybody's starting to, to, like Kaylee said, know their role and kind of fit in uh, and, and you know, go in every night doing what they're doing uh, and, and starting to play up to their potential. So we're continue to, uh, you know, monitor what are we, 10 games above 500, which I said was going to happen, but some other people around me didn't think it was going to. You know, happen. listen, we say things, <laughs> we say things on this this podcast that you know. <laughs> look, that, you can only go off of what is in front of you, right? Exactly. You have that's to look right. Listen, look forward instead of behind you. I mean, hey, just mentioning that's yeah, all. Just just moonlighting a little, if if you will. I tell so, you one thing though, Chad Matola, who's the race uh, hitting coach, I'm sure he. He was just wiping his brow a little bit because for a while everybody wanted his head and wanted him fired because they weren't hitting at the plate. Now they've, you know, exploded the past week and a half or so. So his job's safe for now. It is for now. So what for do we now. got? I think we're playing the Royals tonight. And we got Glasnow on the hill. 
Yes, uh, the man with uh, the the probably the best hair in the uh, Major League Baseball. He's uh, on the mound tonight against the Kansas City Royals. I think he's pitching are, against Mike Miner. So. Yes, they are uh, still scoreless after two. So. Ah, perfect, perfect. So, so let's, get, let's get another win, win streak going on. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the so trending, uh, trending good. Hopefully they will continue. Uh, the lovely ways 10 games above 500. So, just to hit, just to we're gonna glance, we're gonna glimmer over the surface of the Buccaneers. We did have a couple of things happen this past week. We had AB who had to sign and then re sign, or did he get cut? Or what was the Kaylee? What was the thing? What happened to him? He was signed and then re signed. I don't think he ever formally signed. The okay. first time so it was like we're bringing him back that was the original announcement but he never sat down and signed the contract and that ah. was obviously uh, medical related um and we touched on it a little bit but yeah there's a few things in the works for him overall uh, i i think at this point they 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 don't really care about his off the field stuff <laughs> clearly so that has nothing to do with it so uh, i think yeah i think they were just waiting for him to take his physicals get a better yeah. outlook on on injury wise what he's looking at coming up and then they put pen to paper so it was kind of confusing because it was very much like he's back and then a couple weeks later they're like no he's he's actually he's back yeah. and i was like <laughs> oh, okay back now. <laughs> he's like, been listen, here. We, we had to wait till the scope was done yeah and now he's back. yeah yeah, yeah. That, now he's back mm-hmm. oh, i mean hopefully you figure with with his um you know teammate dad brady you know he should be able to kind of compose himself hopefully you know with a bad wheel you shouldn't be out you know tackling fences or you know beating people up or you know, bikes and drunk. security cameras and- yeah i mean yeah. you know you should leave all the home security to the you know the professionals you make enough money you don't have to go out there and test the gear or anything look there's levels to this like meek mill said there's levels to this <laughs> shit you know <laughs> like <laughs> It, this is a level they're comfortable with. This is they're comfortable with what's going on. His little minor behavioral issues. They're fine with it. They're cool. Yeah, they they've come to be very comfortable living in that in that level of what's going on with Antonio Brown. So as as long as he doesn't push that level and uh, level up in misbehavior, then I think yeah. they're fine. You, uh, Can't pull an Evan going see. to the trop, getting unlimited IPAs for uh, no money or anything. Can't do that. No, no, you can't. You can't do that. <laughs> Dude. Well, dude, I know. I, we, I, I know. Well, I, I was going to bring this up. I know you, you guys. I know we brought up uh, Brady's Twitter handle and how yeah. fantastic is. Great. Did you guys see uh, yes. him and Bruce Bruce uh, Brooks Kapka just savagely getting on DeChambeau and and, and oh, Rogers? No. I yeah. did not, by the way. Please enlighten me. So it, I have to know who runs their social, his social accounts, because it has to be a team, and it's got to be v- people who are very, very, very good at their jobs. That's what. That's all I'm going to say. It was. It was genius. Yeah. All right, it, set me. You guys know I don't. I'm not a. I don't Twitter well, tweet. You know, I'm not a good. Ma- thing. It's the match part. It's the match. Is it part three now? Or is it part two? Because now, because Phil and Brady two. are going are, are running going in for it's two. two. And they're going, Two for them. Yeah, two for yeah. them. Yeah. So now they're they're going against Aaron Rodgers and, and uh DeChambeau. Right. And you know how Kep they you know how Kepka and, and DeChambeau hate each other. So Kepka yeah. was just going at it with, with Twitter today. Just just savage stuff, bro. 
Stuff I don't I want mean, to hear. So were they talking you know, about each other's wives? Did somebody give somebody the finger? I mean, what, what was so, the deal? Why was it so great? Okay, so did you happen to see the Brooks Kepka meme? Yes. Yes. Okay. Here, I'll, with I'll put Bryce and DeChambeau in the background? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll put it on screen. Hold on. What I want to say about this before that's totally unrelated, this might be the best meme to come out of 2021. <laughs> and I know it's not over, it but it's easily the best meme of the year. And I don't know that there's going to be one to top it. Um, okay. It's perfect for so many situations. So he basically came back and he made, or his social team made a few different um, versions of this meme. And it was pretty funny. It was just like, so, you know, where Brooks Kepka is, it's like Aaron Rodgers. And then in the back, it's like the, uh, the Packers not going for it, whatever. It was like, it was a whole thing. And it was just so funny. It was like, the Packers choosing to kick a field goal or whatever. And it's like, it's just so funny. And he did like meme after meme after meme, just like threaded in this long Twitter rant. And I, I'm here for it. I mean, he, they went after him. They, yeah, I they, saw, it was great. I saw it was- one little uh, tweet from Bryson answering Brooks. Uh, and he shows himself in the gym lifting. <sighs> And just like cranking yeah. out. I mean, he's got like 75, you know, pounds on both arms, just like nailing his traps and laughing the whole time. <laughs> All right. So if you can hold your up. Yeah, this is it. Hold on. Let me yeah. Make this a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, I saw the different versions yeah. and saw several different things, but didn't really see the Tom Brady. Uh, didn't see the Twitter from him. Hey, Evan, yeah. you just hit Command Plus. And it'll oh, okay. zoom up. Well, Do you have a Mac? Yeah. No, I don't. I have a, oh, I never Windows. mind. I, I don't know. Well, there you I don't go. know that's, what that's, you do that's, on Windows. That's that's big enough. Well, well, that's where we got you big enough. Holy shit! Either way, there you go. That's the first part of it. Because that was the press <laughs> conference that he had, and then down to the second one. The- yeah, that's, that's savage stuff, bro. God, Kevka and Rogers, they kind of look. I, you know, they kind of look identical. Look- I know. They do. Put a little beard on him. Let me see what it looks like. Identical. Yeah. If Brooks Kepka doesn't scream FSU guy, I don't know what does. I mean, he (laughs) is so funny. I mean, this whole situation is resurrecting the sport of golf. This has made golf Twitter so fun. This has been a real joy to watch unfold over the past couple of days. And I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be part of it. You know? I've never wanted to be part of golf Twitter more than I have the past couple of days. Wow. So. You know, it is the amount of shit talking that's going to get talked to, especially when that match happens. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. especially yeah, when, Rod, Rod, when Rogers and uh, Brady get together on a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know Brady's going to say something about the kick. Like, Hey, maybe you should, <laughs> uh, you should kick it. Maybe. <laughs> like that. Should kick it. I do wonder how, like, Okay, I'm just gonna say this. I know he's gotten f- more fun since he's been in. He's been in Tampa. We saw him drunk, yeah. being carried. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know that his actual personality comes anywhere close to the social media persona that's been oh. created over the past six months. So I just I I wish it would like that's. I'm just choosing to believe, kind of like he's the tooth. Well, I don't know if there's kids watching. Um, <laughs> just kind of like he's, he's a myth, and I'm just choosing to believe way too long. I, I, I think a little bit of his personality 
kind of rubs off on that Twitter handle because Brady reminds me of just that snarky guy that would make that snarky comment after something like, you know, walking away and just saying, Oh, after wife, what, what, what did you just say? <laughs> like, what did you just say? And then just walks away and you don't know who said it. I, I can't. Well, if he said that he would lose his allowance. Cause I'm well, sure his hell has him bugged, but yeah. <laughs> no more can of salads for you. Guys. No you know what I think? No and I'm kind of on the. I'm kind of agreeing with Kaylee on this, and I think Tom Brady now, after having the Super Bowl, he's a little bit more relaxed. He's more familiar with the system. I think he's participating, or maybe he sees a tweet, or and he's like, he'll call the team and he'll be like, "Hey, I want to say something like this," and then the team <laughs> goes, "Okay, we're going to make this Twitter savvy. We're going to make this good." I think he sees it, and he he's more. This is the end, or towards the end of his career, and he wants to enjoy. He got a nice little slice this past year of what life could be like when you're a Super Bowl champ and you're relaxed and you're having fun and you're not always thinking about the next day and you're eating your kale salad and lifting 100 weights and drinking kids' blood and vampires <laughs> and everything he does to be young. He's enjoying this part of his don't, life. Don't forget about the avocado ice cream chip. And the avocado, avocado ice cream. cream. So, I mean, Here's, that's what I, I think. I just know as someone who works in social, you always work under people who don't quite have a grip on social, if that makes sense. Yes. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into specifics about my experiences, but I will say that I can imagine him being the type of boss that social people just hate because <laughs> you're right. He probably does text, call, email I'm constantly you. with ideas, and he's like, This is gonna go viral. And as a, as a person who works in social and digital, I you there's no worse word than viral and you oh. just have to roll your eyes. And so he probably sends over like ideas that don't fully grasp what social media is. And they're like, <laughs> how, how are we going to make this work? And then they have to sit there for hours and figure it out. So I do probably think that he does do that and probably consistently hits yes. them up all day. But I can tell you that as cool as working for Tom Brady sounds, I can't imagine. And I would bet, a good portion of my life savings on it that they roll their eyes probably 450 times a day. <laughs> I can yeah, see but... them. I can see them in the war room. They're like, like, okay, he came out, he came out with a stupid idea. <laughs> like he wants to put it out at like 1 PM this afternoon. <laughs> it's so dumb, so, but we have to do it or we're all fired. And I'm sure they're just like, God, again, Ugh. You know that whole like that long groan you get after something stupid happens, like God, that's <sighs> <sighs> so stupid. They're like, "Hey, let's put out one Brooks Kepka meme. Let's make it yeah. great. Let's really blow up the internet with it." And he's like, yeah. "Let's put out four, yeah. and let's just make them like slightly less good each time. Each time they go up, let's just make them lower in quality." And, and they'll, go like, and f- they'll go out. They'll go out. Five minute increments. We'll just spam. We'll just spam, spam Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Well, we did on the uh, on the actual football news and notes have some vets report. Obviously, after rookie uh, camps and uh, you know uh, Bruce Arians fully aware of most of the vets not reporting. We also heard obviously one of the bigger stories. Aaron Rodgers obviously didn't report. Uh, some of the vets obviously didn't report either. Um, He's you know, living his best life. He's in Hawaii he, right now with Miles he, Teller, <laughs> Miles Teller's wife. He's there with Shailene Woodley. They're 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 yeah. jumping off of cliffs. He's just like 
he doesn't even look like he's in football shape. He looks like he looks like a Florida man. He's all scraggly. He's got the hair and the man bun and everything, bro. Yeah. Like I'm I'm living for it to be honest with you. <laughs> I he it's it looks like he's living his best life and I fully support that. <laughs> I, just, I do too. I I want Aaron I want Aaron to be happy. I don't think it's going to be in Green Bay. Always. But I want him to be happy and he seems yeah. to be living his best life right now. He won't be in Green Bay. No. I totally think no. he and there's some other Obviously, players. I know we've all talked about Julio Jones. Obviously, that guy, uh, and it sounds like that Fox Media. Maybe Kaylee. I don't know if you have any additional insight to this. I do. They uh, Shannon Sharp mm-hmm. was it Shannon Sharp? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones in the middle of a live show. Julio Jones didn't really know that he was on a live show. He didn't know until after he said, "I'm out of here." He was on live on the, on the correct. Show. So I guess from a broadcasting standpoint, Fox, I don't know if they've released anything, an official statement, but now obviously they're in they're in a little bit of a bind because Julio disclosed information. He thought he was disclosing to one person, not millions of people. Yeah. So from a, I guess, a responsibility aspect, I guess Fox can be, they can be sued, I guess, or I don't know. What, what is the potential I, for, for chaos with that? They can be so it's confusing because it's so I don't think it was a setup. What I think happened is in the moment they made a split decision that it was worth the risk. So I think I, there's a lot of producers around. This is something like if you do any sort of, any sort of production at at the very lowest level, you already know that this is a prerequisite to having anyone call into anything, right? Could be a podcast that has zero subscribers, could be Fox, right? So I think there's a lot of producers standing around in that situation. I There was someone in the background, I believe, who said, let him know he's on live or let him know he's on the show. I think that was quickly suppressed in, a, in an effort to maybe get something that was worth, worth the worth getting and worth the yeah. risk right so i think that's what happened and i think the reason i think that that is what happened is because typically when other stations ask for clips especially from that show they are very open to giving them which did not happen when pft live asked for that show or oh. that clip and i think that's because they know the more they put it out the more liable they end up becoming because essentially it's up to julio jones <clears throat> at this point right because right. he's the real only person that could press charges based on California law and law in many states that requires both people know um, that they're on live. And if he was outside of California, which it's very likely that he was, then it becomes a federal lawsuit. So essentially if Julio Jones presses charges, it's a big deal. If not, then it's more a slap on the wrist. But I think they know that if it keeps continuing to be circulated through all of these other channels, through all of these, social channels and distribution channels that are asking for it and they're getting declined, which doesn't typically happen. I think they know that they're more likely to be sued, which is why I think they're taking a step back. And that's the only reason why I don't think it was set up is because if it was set up and they knew they were in the clear to not have charges pressed against them, they would be pretty open because I mean, to be fair, it's probably the biggest thing that's happened to them all year. So they would want yeah. that going around, but I think they are being very, very careful at this I, point. I can see an executive producer in the background going, 
Well, I think the cat's out of the bag. What do we really do with this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to share it all over social media. That's what we're going to do. Right. I I wanted to ask you too, does this hurt like this whole trade scenario with him? With him coming out and saying that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle on that because the Falcons have already been shopping him. So, I mean, it's not – it wasn't a – I don't know if it was a a known maybe that a deal could have been done and what he said was – he knew, obviously, and maybe a deal is going to be done after June 1st. I mean, maybe that could be what he's alluding to. But the Falcons have been shopping him and taking phone calls – for months. So from that aspect, I don't, I don't think it's a shock, but you know, we'll have to see. I think he's gone. He's going to the Patriots. Oh, he's yeah. I mean, if you're Julio Jones, why would you say that? Yeah. Like yeah. there's no motivation for you not to. With I all mean, the, Where do you guys think he's going to land? I mean, I would say new England. I think, well, you have to boil it down. There's only a few teams that can afford to take afford a $15 contract, million dollar yeah. cap hit right now. Also, he's, not that young and he's coming off of injuries. So I think the Patriots are really the only team that would be like, yeah, great idea. And that just seems like a very Patriots move. They're in the position to do it. I, from what I understand, no one's made like a legitimate offer. So I think it hurts. I I think it hurts the Falcons, not really Julio Jones. It probably gives teams maybe more incentive to go in with a lower deal for them. That hurts the Falcons because it puts them in a position to, now not really be able to command the kind of equity that they would have been able to previously. So it really exposes them in a lot of ways that are not great for a player of this caliber, or at least this reputation. Cause I, I wouldn't even say nothing against Julio Jones. I think he's great. I just think in the position that he is in his career and where he's coming from and what teams are available to even take him. I, I think there's probably a lot of other players that are more bang for your buck, but again, it's Julio Jones. So teams will spend. Yeah, I think I think some of the intriguing names, and I was trying to get to uh, salary cap spaces. The Chargers keep getting brought up, um, and I was trying to find out. I don't know if they exactly have the type of cap space, but that would be an interesting spot. Um, and I mean, I, the Patriots have always been, I think, the the, the logical landing spot. Kyle Shanahan, uh, the Niners, um, I see that too, but. Um, we'll see. I don't think he's in Atlanta, though. I think they you draft Kyle Pitts and you still keep a good one-two punch uh, couple, with couple Pitts Inst- and Ridley. A couple Instagram, uh, I think, posts that came out. Nuke, hey, you know what we talked about, Julio? That could be landing Arizona, even though they've yeah. got 10,000 wide receivers. I think A.J. Brown reached out to him. Like, everybody reached out. Tennessee Titans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. AJ, like Tennessee Titans reached out to him. I would love to see him maybe in a Colts jersey. Hmm. I mean, Jim Mersey could make that happen. I mean, dude, that would be nice. It'll be interesting. I think that deal gets done next week. I think so. Um, yeah. Right after June 1st. So wherever he ends up, um, we'll see. I think it'll happen. It'll happen soon. So we'll see. I think Tennessee, I think, would probably be a dark horse as well just because of the coaching staff. Okay. Um, and they're in the AFC, so I don't think he goes to an NFC team. Okay. We got so you. before we get out of here, let's do some grades for some mm. off-season moves for our teams. Let's do it. Off-season moves. I've got I've got the list of some moves, and then we'll sprinkle in some ones that are not our perspective teams. So, Kaylee, I'm going to go with you first. Okay. Give the off-season grades 
for your Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars on drafting Trevor Lawrence number one overall for the future of your franchise? I mean, it's an A plus because what else are you going to do? Right. I think that's, and that's my thing is I think we've always tried to get a little creative, which not really understandable, but when you're sitting at three, four, five, six pick overall, maybe if you get a steal and you kind of get someone that no one else is really paying attention to, I guess that makes sense, but it, it never really pans out. So this is pretty foolproof. I mean, Okay. Everyone would have done it. So, Chip, mm. your Atlanta Falcons. Mm. How would you grade their offseason moves? Obviously, Kyle getting Kyle Pitts in the draft at number four was fantastic. But other than that, now you, of course, you have the Julio Jones possible trade looming. What well, grade? You can't grade you something that hasn't happened. Well, I know so. I'm not. Well, I said possible. But I say, um, so up to this point, how would you grade your your team? I mean, I think B-plus. They drafted for need, uh, which they did well. Uh, I would have liked a running back, but then I saw pictures of Mike Davis's thighs all over <laughs> Twitter, and they were like nine, yeah, mm-hmm. looked like nine Coke machines attached to a to a body. <laughs> so, I mean, I think he's going to be he's gonna be just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, B-plus. I mean, I think they, they drafted uh, the UCF guy, uh, safety. Um, forgetting his name, but the Falcons needed some safeties and they also uh, got some depth on the defensive line they needed. So yeah, I think, uh, I think they did well. Yeah. How would you do? How would you two grade Detroit, you know, trading for Jared Goff and giving Matthew Stafford over to the Rams and all that they gave up for the Kings ransom for that? A C minus. Yeah. The Lions are in full rebuild, dude. I mean, they're, yeah, they're not there, doing anything, I don't think, personally. I think here's the thing. I'm a big believer in like if you want to properly rebuild, tear it down, right? Yeah. Don't don't do it half ass. And I and that's what I did actually appreciate about the Jaguars is they really committed to it and they did it quickly and they turned it around quickly. And now this isn't gonna be a quick process building back up, but we didn't waste five years tearing everything down. I mean, we wasted all the years before that just being bad, but we didn't waste a lot of time actually tearing it down. And I, I, f- I do feel like the Lions are in this position where they don't want the players to feel like they're not trying to win games and they don't want the fans to feel like they're not trying to win games, but they're not trying to win games because they want draft picks. So I think it's weird <laughs> because it's like you're not committing to it. So you're always going to end up in that like middle ground where you're not good, but you're not the worst. So you're not getting the best players, but you're also not you're not doing anything. So it. I'm not a. I'm not in love with their like rebuild strategy. But if you're trying to put on a good face while you rebuild, Jared Goff's probably the best you're going to get in that position. So I mean, I've heard Dan Campbell wants an actual live lion in in the stadium. Well, yeah, Dan well, Campbell's definitely the most colorful signing of a uh, head coach and best press conference. But, I, I, will, I, mean, I will. I will. I will play for a coach that wants a goddamn live lion in the stadium. That's that's <laughs> me up there. I will say live animal mascots are inhumane. So I'm not <laughs> I will is, wait. Hold on. I'll call Peter myself if they put a line. <laughs> I didn't say he's got to be in a cage for God's sakes. You just, you just put him out there. He's going to eat the... everybody. No, but then he'll no, be in distress, and then and then if something uh, happens, he'll get put down. It's a Harambe uh, all over again. I'm sorry that your kid's so dumb. How do I get? It's like Tony Montana. He had a tiger in his backyard. <laughs> So that's what happened there. I think one of the uh, 
I think we froze Kaylee. What a great picture of her frozen, though. That's right. I know. <laughs> she comes back. I think one of my uh, one of my favorites, Al Bushman. I'm just gonna uh, break in. I think the Dolphins. Okay. Were probably. I was just about to bring it up. It. Them signing Will Will Fuller and all the other offseason moves that they made. Kaylee's back without being there frozen and stuff. There you go. Oh, man, she's frozen again. <laughs> she's the stupid internet. <laughs> Dolphins, uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, you know they did a lot of great things. They got some linemen. They got some defensive talent, top to bottom. I think probably tied with the. Um, I like the Ravens draft as well. Those are both two teams in the AFC I really want to keep an eye on this year. Um, but Dolphins did it top to bottom. A lot of great draft picks. Uh, took some gambles on some guys in the first round. Jalen Phillips uh, out of Miami be a gamble for them. But uh, we'll see. Definitely in, uh, impressed with that organization and Brian Flores. Top to bottom, probably one of my favorite teams just to watch this year. Okay. And what do you think about the Bears and them uh, drafting uh, Justin Fields? I'm telling you, man, this was the one guy that we pretty much all ID'd as the guy that was going to drop. Um, and I think that, and I'll, I'm I'm sticking to what I've said, and I will continue to say this: Justin Fields is going to be put in the NFL way too early. I'm calling like game four after the Rams. I think the Rams are week three. Um, so I think it's either game four or game five. And I think you're going to see a guy who's going to try to um, rely on his athletic talent. He's not going to get through his reads. And I think you're going to see, um, uh, you know, a quarterback falter. So uh, we'll have to see. They'll end up going to Andy Dalton, I think. So, Ugh. yeah, that's why I think Ugh. it's going to end up. I think by week you'll see uh, Dalton till week you know, three. And then after that, it'll be Justin Fields. And after that, it'll, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I think he doesn't, I don't think he holds the reins. I think he ends up giving them back. So we'll see. I, I, I kind of want to disagree with you. Yeah. I, I really do. I obviously, you know, I, well, they haven't really named him the starter yet. They haven't said Dalton's going to be the number one guy. They haven't, they haven't really said that yet. There's going to be. Well, a I mean, I think that that'll happen. Then by week three, Justin Fields is out. He's he's playing the Rams. Okay. I think you will see a, a top defense really carve up a kid, and you'll see teams that have to play a rookie are teams like the Jets and Jacksonville, who really didn't plan for anybody else to be there. The Bears kind of planned for Dalton to be there, and then Fields kind of fell, and then they had to trade up to get him. So. Their original plan was to have, uh, you know, somebody else. So, but we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Justin Fields goes out there and and shines and does great. But I just don't. There's not a lot of first year quarterbacks that come in that get thrown into the fray that do really great. We just don't have a lot of examples of that. So, well, Kaylee's uh, internet sucks. So yes, she's gonna be back in time. So uh, she's resetting, redoing. But yeah, yeah. tonight. We got five minutes till puck drop, dude. I'm going to assume the position. Yep. Uh, and just cheer on the lightning. Go bolts. Go bolts. Uh, let's let's close it out tonight, uh, and hopefully uh, we can move on to the next round. So, Chip, any final thoughts before we get on out of here? Go bolts. Let's go. Uh, take it home. <laughs> there you go. Well, That's what I couldn't you. say anything. Bless oh, me. Go bolts. 
Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Play the Bay presented by Believe Podcast Network, Three Daughters Brewing, and BetOnline.ag. Make sure to go to make sure to go to BetOnline to get your bets in for all now. Now to get your promo code and everything like that too. We will see you guys next Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Barring any kind of rescheduling that we used to do, but uh, yeah, follow us on all the. Uh, internet's social medias. Uh, you can follow like, us. Like, subscribe, on- and slam that button. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at, at PlayTheBay2020, Twitter at PlayTheBayTB, and now we are on Instagram. Make sure to go on Instagram as well. We will see you guys next week. See ya! What it be ya? Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, please contact Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.